Good morning. Can we give the Lord a hand praise? <clears throat> he is worthy of all the praise and all the glory, and we thank you. We thank God for this privilege. You made it. You made it to the last Sunday of 2020. It's been a ride, but God is on the throne. Regardless of what takes place in the stock market, who doesn't matter who's in the White House, what matters is that God is sitting on the throne, and he takes care of us. We bless his name. I want to invite you, uh, while you're standing, open your Bibles with me to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Thank you, worship team. 1 Samuel chapter 30, and we're going to look at the first six verses um, of this story, and then we'll be seated. Tap or turn. It says, David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They had attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. David's two wives had been captured, Ahinoam of Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal of Carmel. David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters, but David found strength in the Lord his God. I'm thankful for that, but, but David found strength in the Lord his God. Please be seated for just a few moments. This is a tough one for David. This is a difficult situation. And it's one that he's not used to. And I'll give you a little bit of background into what's taking place here. This is a tough one for him, and maybe it's a tough one for you today. Wherever you find yourself and you're wondering, why is this happening to me? Why me? Being pressed in every direction and stretched beyond you, what you thought was possible. It's one thing, and then another thing, and then another thing. And this is David in our text today, because it's important to understand who David was and what he did and what he was able to accomplish. David was great at times, and at other times he was not so great. There was great moments in his life. He's known as a giant killer, but the, this is a guy who was also on the run for a good majority of his life, running from Saul for over 10 years hiding in caves, just seeking some refuge, seeking a place where he will not be found by the king of Israel. David didn't hesitate in going to God. So once again, a high point in him, we see this in the book of Psalms. He calls on him. He says, early in the morning will I seek you. But he also had his share of mistakes. And I'm grateful for, that the Bible points out both. It lets us know the good and the bad. He has been anointed at this point in time. He has been anointed as the next king of Israel. But he currently finds himself on the run right now at this present time. And there is a great moment that is now being followed by a not-so-great moment. And David, as a warrior, as a leader on the battlefield, he had brought destruction upon many cities. 
and he is about to experience some, a difficult time. He's about to experience some loss. He's, exper- he's about to experience some heartache. And he's about to experience the pain that his adversaries have gone through. So how did David end up in 1 Samuel chapter 30? What took place? Ziklag, it's important for us to know, was the land of the Philistines. So he finds himself in the Philistine territory because he was on the run. And now the Philistines were the sworn enemies of the Israelites, so there's war in between them. They're going against each other. So David is forced because, by default, he is forced to camp out in the enemy territory known as Ziklag. So at this point in time, in chapter 29 of 1 Samuel, the the Philistines were about to go to war with Israel, and David and his men had no choice but to join the enemy and fight against his people because that's who was uh, giving him refuge at this time. But to David's advantage, someone from the Philistine army said, isn't that David, this Hebrew and, and his men? And they felt insecure fighting with David on their side because they said, what better way for him to find favor with his, his people than to destroy us, than to ambush us from the inside out. So the king of the, the, of the Philistines is forced to send David back to Ziklag. And it was not just any journey. It was a three-day journey. So the Bible says that on the third day they arrived. So you've been, they've been traveling three consecutive days. They're tired. And when they get close to home on this third day, this is when they see a tragedy coming from afar. There's some things that you can see coming. There's some things that you cannot see coming. David was able to spot this. From afar, they see smoke. And they see destruction. It was not a celebration. It was not a barbecue. There was far too much smoke to be able to to indicate that. But they arrive and they see destruction. And everything that they loved, everything that they cared for, everything that they had placed in this this, uh, city of Ziklag, their wives, their children, and their livestock are all taken. And everything else is burned. So can you imagine this nightmare? Can you just envision what is taking place As David arrives, their home is in chaos. And maybe for some today, the question is this. Because David uh, is not making the best decisions at this time. And and some of this is caused by his own fault. And for some of us, the question may be here today. Will God help me? Will God help us through this? Even though it's happening because of my poor choice. Because let's be honest, there's some things that we just bring upon ourselves. There's some decisions, there's some choices that we make that result in some bad consequences. And the question that resounds is, will God help me even if I messed up? Even if I messed up? I, I, I didn't force, there's, there's some things you don't cause, but there's some things that you do. And while I realize that we can bring a lot of it upon ourselves, the decision, the, the, with our decisions and with our actions, some things just happen, but for this instance, can God help me through my trouble? And I believe there's some timeless truths that are found in 1 Samuel chapter 30 that can help us overcome whether you have caused some things in your life yourself or whether some things just happened. We can, we can learn from David's response to the situation. The situation is the same. The feeling, the desperation, the, the feeling of overwhelm, being overwhelmed is the same. The men are destroyed. Their spirits are broken. 
and they begin to murmur. They begin to talk about David. And David is thinking, man, I just hung out with you guys. We just made this trip. We've, we've been able to destroy cities. We've been able to go here. And we've been able to conquer. And all of a sudden, these people that are supposedly have his best interests in mind, the, the people that have his back are now talking about killing him and blaming him for the, for the actions that have resulted. And David is found in, in a difficult spot because even the people that he's hung out with are now turning against him. There's nobody there. All of a sudden, these 600 men turn on him just like that. And at this point in time, David has a decision to make. And I believe each, some of us here today, if not all of us, have a decision to make. David says, will I surrender to the circumstance. This is the decision that he has to make. Or will I fight for what is mine? Yes, I may have lost some things. Yes, there may be pain in my life right now. There may be some heartache. There may be some trials that I don't want to be going through. But will I accept this and stay in this current situation and just see where life takes me? Or will I fight? Or will I get up and fight for what is mine. And that could be the question that looms over you today. It could be the question that looms over all of our lives today is will we accept what has gone up in smoke in our lives or will we make a decision and make a choice to actively pursue and be all that God has intended us to be. So capture for a moment a mental image of things that have gone up in smoke in your life. Things that used to be there. Your joy, your peace, your security in who you are in God. And all of a sudden, now you don't see it. Now it's nowhere to be found. Capture a mental image because David finds himself in this current situation. He's shaken because he's not used to losing. And for some of us, we're not used to losing. We're used to things going our way. David was used to winning. He would slay the, the, the opposing armies, the opposing enemies. The Bible says that when he would come back after the battle that they would shout, the women would dance and shout and say, Saul has killed his thousands and David has killed his tens of thousands. But as he turns the corner on this particular incident, there's no shouting women. There's nobody celebrating. There's nobody. All he sees is smoke. And it is a moment of humble. It's a humbling moment for David. And for some of us, we may have gone through a difficult time in this year or in the years previous. And we may have been used to, accustomed to seeing things go our way. But all of a sudden, a phone call or a report from the doctor. And when, when they call and they say, hey, you remember that x-ray? That, that you took just a few weeks back, we, we need to see you for a follow-up. And all of a sudden, something that you had never experienced in, some, in a situation that you had never been in before, now you find yourself confronting and all you see is smoke. What used to be. What used to be. And this is what David is experiencing when things didn't go the way he was expecting. So he's shaken. And there's a lot of uncertainty. There's a lot of uncertainty present because, once again, the people that are with him, the ones that are supposed to fight with him, are now against him and talking about killing him. And he has that decision to make. Am I going to stay here or am I going to rise up from this? Will I stay down or will I take the ashes? Or will I rise up from the ashes of my brokenness and be better? Because the truth is that we cannot control 
what this year, what our situations, what your job, what our employment, what society, and what this country has dealt us. But what we can control is how we respond. How we respond. So David hears this. He is wanting to just hide. He's wanting to escape from the situation. So he makes a decision. And the Bible says, the first, there's three things that I want to cover quickly. The Bible says that David found strength. In verse 6, the Bible says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. I like the way the King James Version puts it because it says that he encouraged himself in the Lord. He encouraged himself in the Lord. Nobody was there talking him up. Nobody was there telling him, hey, don't worry, David, we're going to get through this together. No, absolutely nobody was there with him. But David says he encouraged himself in the Lord. Sometimes that's all it takes. Can I dare to tell you this, moment, this morning that there may be moments when no one is by your side and that when no, and where no one will be quite uh, quite able to understand what you're going through because the truth is that we all respond to situations in a different manner. That there may be moments where there's no one within your reach. And it is in these times that I have to talk myself up and say, John, I can, you can get through this. John, you can get through this. The God that you, the God that you serve and, and the God that has called you is able to complete what he has begun in you. There is a story in the Gospels that I love that comes to mind. The, the Bible tells us of this, this woman. She's an unnamed woman. We don't know who she is. But the Bible does tell us that she has suffered for 12 years of this issue of blood. And it's a constant hemorrhage that is taking place. She's visited many doctors. She's visited healers. She's, no one has been able to come to her rescue. No one has been able to give her answers and to help her. Her very presence in a large crowd is frowned upon in society because she was considered unclean. Her normal existence would often have to be spent watching people skirt around her, so she constantly had to look around her because when people saw that she was near, they would have to distance themselves from her. But when all hope seems to be lost, she hears that Jesus is passing through the city. I, I'm just grateful that in the midst of the chaos, in the midst of destruction, in the midst of disappointment, in the midst of sickness, there is hope in Jesus. If Jesus can pass through the city, the Bible tells us in Matthew 9 and 21 that she said to herself, if I could only touch his cloak. Another translation says, the hem of his garment. I don't need to capture his attention, but if I could just touch his cloak, the hem of his garment. The Bible says that she said, I will be healed. No one talked her up. No one told her to do it. She encouraged herself and said, I could die in the same condition that I have been in for 12 years. Or, or I've heard of this man named Jesus and he's passing by. And I've heard how he's been able to heal and deliver. And if he did it for them, I believe he can do it for me. She talked herself up. She encouraged herself. It was an optimal it was an optimal point for her to give up and just say, I've seen every doctor, I've seen every healer, or I can go to Jesus. I can go to Jesus. 
I can go to Jesus. I know I'm not perfect, but Jesus. I know I'm sick, but Jesus. I know I've made mistakes, but Jesus. I know I'm broken, but Jesus. I know I don't have any money in the bank account right now, but Jesus. I don't know how I'm going to survive till next week, but Jesus. Excuse me, I know society may look down on me for coming close to the crowd, but I am in a state of desperation, and I I could either die like this or I could go and reach out to Jesus and know that she had no support system, but she said, I'm going to talk myself into my healing. I'm going to talk myself into a miracle. I don't need him to touch me. I don't need him to look at me. I don't need him to call my name, but if I could just get to where he's at and if I could just touch the hem of his garment, I will be whole. And the Bible says that she went through the crowd and she touched Jesus and she was changed forever. She could have died in her circumstance. She could have died in her situation, but she encouraged herself. There's someone in this place this morning that needs to encourage themselves and say, if nobody pats me on the back and if nobody says good job, I'm going to get myself up and encourage myself. So for you this morning, what have you been dealing with for 12 years, proverbially? What have you endured? What, what setback has been in your life constantly? And there's nobody that can help you. And there's nobody that's been able to lift you up. And there's been nobody that's been able to encourage yourself. I can tell you that Jesus is in this place. And if you can encourage yourself, you can cause a miracle. This woman did it and her life was forever changed because she talked herself up. She encouraged herself. What have you been dealing with that has just been constantly there? That while you come to church and while you smile and that while things seem to be, appear to be okay, but yet you're dealing with something on the inside that you have dealt with for 12 years, I challenge you to encourage yourself that Jesus is all you need. He's all you need. If I can touch his cloak, I will be David did this. He encouraged himself. He remembered the Lord is the Lord is my light. He's not just their light, he's my light. And he's my salvation. Whom shall I fear? He remembered the God that delivered him all the other times. Could you remember all the other times in your mind? Just say, nope, he didn't fail me then. That, that time, nope, he didn't fail me. Take out God's resume and see if he's ever lost a battle. And you will not be able to find that. Will, will you be able to tell and, and, and just encourage yourself as David said. He, he didn't fail me then. He's not going to fail me now. You may... Be in a difficult situation, but encourage yourself. Tell yourself, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. I can. I can. Not, not, it, it doesn't say that you can, but, but Paul was saying, I can do all things. I was, he's encouraging himself. I can do all things through Christ. What does that mean? I can get my joy back. I can get my smile back. My family can be restored. I can get my peace back. I can do all things through Christ that strengthen me. Tell yourself, dust yourself off and say, I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who has saved me. He has paid the price 
tell, encourage yourself and say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Encourage yourself. David encouraged himself. And it offset a cycle because after that, the next thing that we find is David prayed. In verse 7 and 8, then David said to Abiathar, the priest, the son of Amalek, bring me the ephod. Abiathar brought it to him. David inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this raiding party? Will I overtake them? David knew he could not go wrong in going to God. He knew that his answer could be found in him. So he asked for the ephod. The ephod was, was a garment that the high priest used when he would enter into the holies of holies and, and perform the sacrifice. It was, David was emphasizing the importance of going before the throne and, and checking with heaven on what heaven would say in this situation. He inquired, the Bible said, he didn't have his mind made up. And he didn't have a decision made and just simply asked God to bless it. He really wanted to know, God, what do I do in this circumstance? What do you want me to do? He really wanted to know. He said, can I go after them? Is this even possible? Will I be successful in doing so? The book of Hebrews tells us that you and I can go boldly before the throne of grace. We can go boldly before the throne of grace. We have a God that says, call on me and I will answer. The book of Daniel says the people that do know their God will be strong and shall do exploits. And we get to know him through prayer. David prayed and said, God, I'm at a crossroads in my life. What do I do in this circumstance? What do I do in this situation? Impossibilities are removed through prayer. David prayed and God responded. What's stopping us this morning? David prayed and God responded. God said, pursue them. Pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and you will succeed in the rescue. You will succeed in the rescue. Some of us are wondering what the outcome could be. God, God promises to be with us. And while I realize and I understand that things don't always go our way, but it's, it's our job to take God at his word and believe that he is for us. You will succeed in the rescue. And another version says, you surely shall recover all. Not just some of the things, not three-fourths of the things, all. All you have to do, David, is pursue. Put your faith into action, and God said that you will recover all. So he encouraged himself, he prayed, and finally he pursued. God can do what he says he can do. Verse 9 and 10, David and the 600 men... With him came to the Besor Valley, where some stayed behind. Not everybody can make the journey with you. Two hundred of them were too exhausted to cross the valley, but David and the four hundred continued the pursuit. They kept on going because God said it. David and the four hundred men, they made it to the enemy's camp. I really don't know how it played out, but 
I can imagine as they entered and they stormed, thinking that David and his men were too exhausted. And all of a sudden, here they come to recover. And for some of us today, this could be our story. This could be our story. The Bible says that David recovered all the Amalekites had carried away. Everything that had been taken, David was able to take back. And God gave them complete victory on that day. And it all started because he encouraged himself in the Lord. Could you imagine how the story would have ended? Had David just listened to the voice of everybody talking around him and all the chatter and all the noise, had he not encouraged himself, it would have not offset this cycle where he was able to recover it all. He encouraged himself, he prayed, he took back. David did what God told him to do, and God's promise was proved true because of David's actions. The promise, musicians, would you come, please? The promise was fulfilled exactly as God said it. But it wasn't because David just sat back and let God do it. It wasn't because he took a back seat. No, it was because David actively did what God told him to do, pursue. He took off regardless of who was going to join him. If God says it, he's going to do it. The promise was fulfilled exactly because David did it. He used his actions, David's actions, to make the promise come true. Will you do your part today? Will you do your part today? Will you do what God is asking you to do specifically for the unique situation that you find yourself in today? David did, and it resulted in an incredible comeback. This was his comeback. His story didn't end in verse 5 and in the former part of verse 6 when they were talking about stoning him. No, his story didn't end there. It didn't end in heartbreak because he made a choice. He made a choice. When he writes in the book of Psalms and he says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. It didn't matter what the day was going to bring. It didn't matter if things went his way or not. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. It's a decision and it's a choice. I will rejoice and I will be glad in it. Friends walk out on me, I will rejoice and be glad on it. People talk about me, I will rejoice and be glad in it. It doesn't matter what, what heartbreak, what suffering, I will rejoice and be glad in it. It was a choice. He made a choice. And because of it, his story ended in victory and ended in triumph. And ours can too. Ours can too. Because God cares about what you're going through. God cares about the tears that you cry while you're lying down in bed and no one is there with you. God cares about the stress that is over your life, about the worry and about the frustration, about the loneliness. God cares. God cares about how you do in school. God cares about how you perform in the workplace. God cares. God cares. 
So what is there in your life today that you say, you know what, I've been, I let this circumstance rob me of my peace, but I make my decision today to take my peace back. It belongs to me. God paid the price for my peace. God paid the price for my joy. He says, bring me your cloak of heaviness. What's bogging you down? What's weighing you down? He said, and I'll give you a garment of praise. I'll trade your ashes for beauty. I can do it. I don't know anybody else that can make an offer like that but God. And maybe for you today, this is the first time you hear of a God can do the impossible for you and who loves you with an, un, an unimaginable love. And if you would like to make a first-time decision to make Jesus your Lord and Savior, I'm going to invite everyone to close their eyes. Just raise your hand wherever you are. Raise it high. Let us know in the chat. I see you. I see you here at Impact City Church. We believe in community and we believe that no one should do life alone. So we'd like to pray with you. So if this is you, you're about to make a remarkable step to know Jesus and to know his love and to know his goodness. And we're gonna pray with you. So everyone, please repeat after me. Lord, I admit, I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe you are Jesus, the Son of God, who died for the sins of the world. And I confess you as Lord, Savior, and King of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Would you put your hands together and give God some praise for everybody that just accepted Jesus. invite everyone to stand I want to pray for you what have you what have you made your mind up today? You say, God, I'm taking it back. I'm going to believe that through you and with you, I can smile again. There can be a, sp a spring in my step again. I could have joy unspeakable again. right where you're at, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. We're going to believe the very best in God this morning. We're going to believe for God's very best over your life. 2020 may have been difficult. You may have been through more difficult years previously, but what is important that is that you've made it to this point 
right now where it can be a turning point, where it could be a life-changing moment. So right where you're at, I'm going to invite you to close your eyes and let's reach out to heaven all together. Let's reach out to heaven. Tell God what's on your heart. Tell him what's on your mind. Believe that he can come to your rescue. Believe that he can come and meet you. That he could provide. That he could stabilize. That he could bring the confidence in him. Right now, Father, in the name of Jesus. Right now, God, you know every heart. You know the condition of our spirit. You know the details of what is hurting us. You know the details of what has left scars in our lives. Right now, God, we believe right now that this is a new day. We believe that this is a new season. We believe right now that broken hearts will be mended. We believe that broken spirits will be restored. We believe that families will come together. We believe that marriages will be reconciled. We believe that sick bodies will be healed. We believe that minds will be given a peace that surpasseth all understanding. Right now, God, we declare you the very best of heaven over every believer in this place. Right now, God, I come against every barrier. I come against every obstacle. I come against everything that would want to bring any of your children down right now. And I declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. I declare, God, that we will experience victory. I I do declare that we will experience healing. I do declare that we will experience restoration. I do declare that we will experience salvation. I do declare, God, the very best of heaven right now in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, in every heart, in every mind, in every believer, God, that you would work the impossible. That you, God, right now would deposit. God, the strength that only comes from above. God, right now that you would able to that you would be able to clear our minds and our hearts, that we would be able to see your goodness in the midst of everything that we have endured, in the midst of everything that we have gone through. God, that right now that we would be able to see your hand at work in our lives. I declare it over every family. I declare it over every household in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Could we worship him for just a few moments right where you're at? Could we worship the King of kings and the Lord of lords? Could we just lift him up? We love you, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If God used it to bless you, think of someone you can share the link with and tap the like button or leave us a comment to let us know. If you decided to follow Jesus or to rededicate your life to him today, congratulations. We're excited because we know that this is just the beginning of what God has in store for your life. We would love to congratulate you and send you some special info. Fill out our digital connect card at impactcity.cc slash connect card and check one of the boxes under I have decided to. 
Well, we're glad you tuned in today. If you haven't already, don't forget to hit that subscribe button before you sign off today. Bye, Bye. we'll see you again soon.